episode 75, Are You Reasonable or Foolish? You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, in studio with Jason Jennings. Jason, always fantastic to be with you. Uh, you know, Dale, uh, every time we get together and talk, I think, gee, whiz. I could, I, I could talk to Dale every day. I, I just uh, – and when we're apart for a while, I mean, we just fall back to the groove. I, I just – I love this opportunity to spend time with you. It's always uh, fun uh, to, to learn, to hear about the research, uh, pick your brain about a few things, and hear some good old-fashioned common sense when it comes to doing business. But the one thing that I notice is that usually uh, you've got a way of – turning definitely it's common sense but you've got a way of changing thinking paradigm shifting is is the way i i like to say it and i think this episode is is the case so uh, you just gave me the title are you reasonable or foolish it's a question you like to ask and i have a feeling the answer is not exactly what we would think it should be right off the top no and i'll get to it in a moment but you just said a magical phrase common sense. And so I have to tell you my common sense story. Uh, I was in Hong Kong. I was speaking to, I don't know, five, six or 700 people. And uh, if anybody has ever been at a speech I'm giving, uh, the speech is not about me. It's about the information. It's about the stories. It's about the case studies and the anecdotes. And I work as hard on any speech as I've ever worked on any speech. I want to give everything I've got. And obviously, you want the audience to love a speech. Well, at the end of the speech, it was highly successful. People were on their feet. And I was immediately kind of attacked by this scrum of guys, uh, Asians, who were giving me business cards, wanted uh, autographs and books. And I was also just totally surrounded. And I gazed off to a corner of the room because the room was starting to empty. And there was a very attractive, petite, middle-aged Asian woman leaning against the wall, but my eyes, uh, my eyes caught her eyes, and her eyes caught my eyes, and I caught her signal, and it was, I want to talk to you, but I'm not going to come and get in that football scrum. And so I kind of signaled back with my eyes, as soon as I'm done here, I'll come and see you. And so in a few minutes, uh, people started moving away, and I started walking over to her, and I said, hi, how are you? I said, I'm Jason. And she said, well, I know who you are. I just heard you speak. And I said, okay, gotcha. Uh, I said, I hope you enjoyed the speech. She said, it was just common sense. Well, Dale, my heart sunk. I mean, it went, I jumped on an elevator down to my stomach. I mean, just common sense. You waited this long to talk to me and just tell me it was just old common sense? And then she looked at me and she smiled broadly. And she said, Mr. Jennings, it was brilliant. She said, I want to remind you. And here's the phrase. The most common thing about common sense is how uncommon common sense really is. <laughs> so when you invoke the phrase common sense, I, I had to quickly share that story. Let me tell you. So one you of the do things take I, it as a compliment. Oh yeah. Oh good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. It was meant as a compliment. It was meant as a big compliment. I want to tell you one of the things I, I love to do when I'm giving a speech or I'm on stage, and this will kind of set up this episode. And I'm giving away all my material for free too, so I won't be able to do this one again, I guess. But I love being on stage, looking out at the audience, and saying, uh, "I want to ask you a question." Do you consider yourself to be a reasonable person? I, I want you to think about that for a moment. Do you consider yourself to be a reasonable person? 
At which point in time, I, I grab a handheld microphone and walk off the stage down to the front row. And so I'll walk up to a woman. I'll say, do you think you're a reasonable person? Oh, yes, I think I'm a reasonable person. And I go to the man next. Uh, do you think you're a reasonable man? Well, I try very hard to be a reasonable man. And I go to the next person. Do you think you're, you're a reasonable person? Well, I, I've sure tried. I've aspired to be a reasonable person my entire life. So everybody responds positively and takes obvious pride in being a reasonable person. And then I walk back up on stage and I share the wit and the words of George Bernard Shaw, who wrote, reasonable people go along with whatever they encounter, he said, adding, for any change, any improvement, or any betterment in anything, in the arts, in sciences, in anything, you must always look to the unreasonable man or the unreasonable woman who will force the world to see things their way. And so I would challenge that we should go through life being reasonable people, just going along with whatever we find. But instead, we should be unreasonable people, forcing others to conform to our vision of the way things ought to be. And I want to put that in context and add the foolish part. And, uh, and I'm reading, I'm going to read, and I never do that, but I'm going to read uh, about two paragraphs uh, out of my book, The High Speed Company. Uh, and the subtitle is, It's Great to be Foolish. And, and here are the words that I wrote. Whenever I need to quickly check that a purpose is big and bold enough to attract, unite, ignite, and maintain the momentum of an organization, I always remember the words of wisdom shared in Tim Burton's movie, I'm not sure if you saw it, uh, Big Fish. I'm not a big movie goer, but occasionally on an airplane or a hotel, I'll get to see one. So in uh, Big Fish starred uh, Albert Finney as, as Edward Bloom Sr., and he says something that rings true about purpose. He says, uh, there's a time when a man needs to fight and a time when he needs to accept that his destiny is lost, the ship has sailed, and that only a fool would continue. Truth is, he tells his son, I've always been a fool. And one more paragraph. Charlie Chaplin was a fool for his art. Nothing could deter him. Henry Ford's investors called him a fool for believing that every family would own a car. The board fired Steve Jobs for wanting to change the way the world computed, the way they enjoyed music, and the way they communicated. Jonas Salk was a fool for a vaccine, and Lady Gaga is a fool for her music. And so I would just challenge people to stop being reasonable. What is your view of the way something ought to be? And then be willing to be seen as being a fool. Uh, Dale, I, I remember childhood buddies, uh, Bill Gates and Paul Allen, they founded Microsoft when they created the first programming language for the Altair 8, um, it was the 8800 computer, I, I believe, and they ignited the microcomputing revolution. And they had a purpose. I mean, it was simple. They were determined to put a computer with Microsoft software on every desk in the world, and most of the world saw them as fools. And here we are 30-some years later. Microsoft still has a commanding 92 or 93% market share, and Microsoft has made more millionaires than any other company uh, that I'm aware of in, in the world. So what? So my question to people is this. Stop being reasonable all the time. And what do you feel strongly enough that it's okay if others see you as a fool for trying to make the world better or make something better or to change people's opinions or to create something or invent something? What are you willing to be seen as being a fool for? So I'm going back and thinking about the previous episodes we've listened to and the number of examples that you've given us of businesses that really stepped out and acted with genuine authenticity to provide a different experience because they believed in a product. I think about a banker who, and I think you, you, he just started out by answering the phone. It's a great day. 
have an incredible day. That's uh, counter, and, and somebody would say, well, that's foolish to answer the phone like that. It's not professional. It's not a banker, what a banker well, should do. In fact, let me give you a follow-up on that. It's, it's, it's actually a great story. Todd Nagel, River Valley Bank, Wausau, Wisconsin, larger-than-life character, and we told his story uh, here a few weeks ago, but there's even an update. He's the guy who began answering his phone one day. Uh, have an incredible day. I'm not, I'm not here right now. This is Todd Nagel. I'll get back to you, but have an incredible day. And the people who work for him thought how audacious, and let's, let's have him on a little bit. So they began leaving the message. Uh, I'm, this is Susan and loan underwriting. I'm not here right now, but have an incredible day. And then pretty soon their direct reports began saying, have an incredible day. Well, one of the bottom lines is the, the, the bank began branding itself as the incredible bank, another financing project provided by the, another incredible project provided by the incredible bank, River Valley Bank. But here's the part that I didn't get to tell you. They actually, in very short order, because they they worked to force the world to conform to the way things the way they think things ought to be, uh, they went out and trademarked uh, the Incredible Bank, and then uh, they got a banking license for the Incredible Bank, which acts as a subsidiary of River Valley Bank. and And if you Google Incredible Bank, uh, you'll find the Incredible Bank, and it's uh, high interest rates. It's an online bank but with high-touch service as well. And, I mean, tens of millions of dollars of deposits are rolling in to the incredible bank, uh, all because of somebody's exuberance and then seeing that exuberance through. Any other examples? Any other parting words for us? I mean, it's basically follow your dream, find the passion, move it forward, and don't be scared of what somebody else is going to say. Be a little foolish. Yeah, and I think of all these incredible examples. Uh, Ingvar Komprad of Ikea, I mean, who 70 years ago, uh, when he first got in the furniture business, he said, I mean, we exist to make the lives of the many better. And everybody said, Ingvar, you're a nutcase for God's sake. You just have a furniture store for God's sake. Just sell your furniture. He said, no, 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 no. We don't want rich people in here. I mean, we exist to make life better for the many. I think of the CEO, Bob Engel of CoBank, uh, where they've historically earned a, a million dollars in net profit per employee per year, 20 times what the average bank does, who says we exist for one reason. We're not bankers. He said we exist, I mean, to help rural America. Figure out what your calling is. Figure out what you're trying to do. Figure out what you're trying to do better than anybody else. And then, damn it, be unreasonable about it. Be willing to be seen foolish about it. I mean, I can imagine all the people who walk through the ba- uh, the doors of River Valley Bank and just kind of got a little smirk in their face and said, well, the incredible bank indeed, or we exist to serve rural America indeed, or you exist to serve the many and make the lives of the many better. So indeed, you just sell furniture. You're just a banker. I mean, but they persevered. They were willing to be seen foolish for something that they truly believed in. So stop being reasonable all the time. I mean, and uh, find out what you're willing to be seen a fool for, and uh, together we'll make the world a slightly better place. Absolutely. Paradigm-shifting approach. Are you reasonable or foolish? So, Jason, I I came across something, um, and I don't know if you've seen this or not, but um, there's this Global Guru's Top 30 leadership experts, and the list has been released for 2016. So I'm going to give you a few names on the list. There's John Maxwell, Ken Blanchard, Tony Robbins, Marshall Goldsmith, Robin Sharma, drumroll please, Jason Jennings on the Global Gurus Top 30. And this is two years in a row? 
Uh, it's actually the third year I've been on there. I, I think I was number 10 three years ago, last year number six, this year number six. And, and let, me, let me say, uh, Dale, uh, my ego uh, does not require these things. Although, I'll tell you this, I'm, I'm, I'm happier to be on the list than uh, to have my name not on the list. It somewhat validates my work. But let me tell you what I like about it. For those of uh, people who are unfamiliar with Global Guru, every year uh, this research company surveys about 22,000 uh, academics, researchers, leading entrepreneurs, and they say, who do you think are the leadership gurus of the planet? And they come up with this short list of names. I, I think there's 60 or 70 names on it. And then people are allowed to vote. And, and that's immediately where you get a raised eyebrow uh, because, uh-oh, stuffing the ballot box. But you can't. And that's why I like this uh, evaluation every year. You can only vote once from an IP address. They recognize your IP address. So unless you want to have 100 IP addresses and 100 computers, I mean, you can't stuff the ballot box. There's just absolutely no way to do it. And so um, I was honored uh, to be voted um, number six, uh, not because it's a popularity contest, but because I think it's a validation of, uh, of the hard work uh, that I get to do in research, in writing, in speaking, in teaching, podcasts alongside you. And uh, so I feel uh, I'm very proud of it. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave listeners with one line out of the description from Global Gurus that I really think summarizes what you just said. He says, it says, he is an authority on leadership, productivity, innovation, and he loves to help individuals and companies in reaching their full business potential. That's why we do what we do, Dale. Absolutely. And with that, uh, I'll remind you that this is the podcast, just like Jason, dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. Thanks so much for listening and have a great week. Uh, Dale, it was great being with you. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.